I'm all about that fuss-free glam. Give me makeup that's versatile and feels like air on my skin and has ingredients that love my face, that's good for my face. You know, clean ingredients. And don't even get me started on mascaras because I do want them bold and lengthening. <laughs> and so we have Thrive Cosmetics, which I've been using since 2020, obviously because I appreciate their foolproof products that make it really easy to apply for any skill level. And they have a full line of makeup to refresh your everyday look, but also they give back. Every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive. Hence why it's Thrive Cosmetics, C a u s e medics thrive cosmetics and bigger than beauty skincare are not just makeup brands they're a whole vibe they're all about empowering us to rock our confidence and when you support them we are helping other communities thrive their stuff is not only easy to use but no nasties zero parabens sulfites phthalates they are 100 vegan and cruelty free let's talk lashes thanks to thrive's liquid lash extensions i must say that my lashes are just so beautiful and lush it adds lengths there are no clumps and also guess what it slides right off with warm water so no raccoon eyes here and i appreciate they have nourishing ingredients that support longer stronger and healthier looking lashes over time and it's a unique formula they use that creates these tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. We've had problems in the past with the link, but the link does work now. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com magic. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash magic for 10% off your first order. As humans, we are intrinsically connected to nature, and our nervous systems are at their most restful when we are in nature and surrounded by nature. And nature meaning pets or plants. So there's a reason why when you pet your dog or your cat, I just got a bird. There's a reason why we like being around <laughs> pets, because we like being around yeah. other living things. That's biophilia at play. It is Raquel and welcome to Your Own Magic, a podcast for the creative and the curious soul. And I just got back from Swift City, Arizona. <laughs> not to be rude, not to rub it in or anything, but I went to a opening night of Taylor Swift and it may have been one of the most magical nights of my life. Also one of my favorite bands of all time, Paramore was an opener, obviously. Obviously I had to go. One of my favorites. I was dancing and singing along to about every song, crying, a lot of crying, a lot of a lot of joy. I'll just, you know, when you just really, really connect with an artist, it brings out all the emotions in one evening. I'm just so thankful. And my cousin was going to go with me, but last minute she had to stay back behind for her husband, which is fine because we're going again later this year. So I was excited that I got to take my mom and we have this special memory now with us. I'm just elated, I'm feeling so good. The only thing is 
She only played one Speak Now song, and she only played one song from her debut album. And you know, I'm what they call perhaps an elder Swifty, right? I'm gonna be 33 this year. I'm Taylor Swift's age. So I'm considered a quote unquote elder Swifty. So the debut album is something that means a lot to me. So since she only played one song, which I was thankful for, it was a little, it was a little bit of a bummer. However, she played my favorite Reputation songs. She played Don't Blame Me, which is perhaps my favorite song. She played a lot of Folklore and Evermore and Lover, all albums I love, and especially since she didn't tour them. And then of course her new album, Midnight's. Now, everybody that doesn't really listen to Taylor Swift is probably like, what are you talking about? But the Swifties listening, you get it, you get it. And you get why she is so phenomenal. I mean, she's an artist who is not just manufactured from the mainstream like she actually is somebody that goes in there and really writes and produces and she has hands-on development through her music production and she's always writing from the soul always writing from the heart hence why so many humans connect with her and her music and i understand i understand a lot of people only hear shake it off or Maybe they only hear whatever the mainstream is playing and they just write her off, especially since she is so big. A lot of people like to write off major artists. But man, if you really dive into her work, I tell you, like, just go turn on Evermore for a second. Go turn on Folklore and re-evaluate your feelings for Miss Swift. I am thankful as well that in this episode, I also talked to another Elder Swifty because she's my age. And we had a brief chat about our appreciation for the queen at the end of the episode, along with a variety of other entertainment that we both simply enjoy. And so honestly, this episode takes the award for my personal favorite rapid fire to this date. I'm confident you'll enjoy this episode with the radiant and also so enthusiastic, especially about plants. I just love her energy. Maria Faila. I hope I'm pronouncing her Italian last name right. Faila. We talk all about the magic of making a new best plant friend, which I feel like all of us deserve to have around. Maria is an author, host of the Growing Joy podcast. She's a speaker, a plantpreneur, <laughs> a Broadway singer, which I found fascinating, and a self-proclaimed plant killer turned happy plant lady. And we talk about a variety of things. Of course, we first talk a lot about plants. We dive into her story of becoming a plant mama and how plant care is self-care. If you don't happen to have a long-term environment like myself, how to take care of low maintenance plants or travel with plants and taking care of plants through the seasons and so much more. And again, I love this rapid fire as we geek out about a variety of things. She's so fun. She's such a light. I hope to have her back. We really connected. So with all that being said, I believe it is time to let the magic begin with Maria Faila. Marie and I were talking about a lot of things before I hit record and I realized I needed to record this. She's talking about her grandparents in the trees. And I'm like, everyone needs to hear this. Tell us, Maria. Well, you know, it's interesting. I was saying, so I lived in New York City in 500 square feet in New York City for a decade. Wow. Previous. Previous to the pandemic, I was a professional musical theater performer. So since Broadway was in New York City, like that's where I had to be. In the pandemic, 
I was in a show, lost my job. Um, the show closed because of the pandemic. And I looked at my husband one day and was like, what are we doing here? Like, what are we doing here in New York City, like on top of each other uh, when we have this opportunity to move? And I know my story isn't unique. A lot of people moved in the pandemic, but we moved. I like to say we went from 500 square feet to five acres. Quite, quite a shock. Yeah. We went hard. And, uh, you know, the more I I was also saying, I feel like you're like my soulmate because I was just reading your podcast feed and you have episodes on human design and astrology, all these things that I'm very into. And I'm a, a 6'2 uh, projector and a super de-duper Aries. So it's very, and with the Gemini moon. So it's very like, now that I'm seeing all of this, I'm like, oh, of course, I just flip-flopped to these extremes and I just went so hard in the paint. Like I was just like, I'm going to go live in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> you know, we didn't we didn't have a mailbox. We don't have a mailbox. Really? Um, I have to go to the post office to get my mail. Uh, we have to go to the dump to drop off our garbage. It's really? exquisite. Um, oh, that is it's so great. Yeah. It's such a great – but I was saying um, – yeah, before we started recording, I was saying, you know – uh, in this path that I've been on, transitioning jobs, moving from professional per- performer to professional podcaster, plant lady, um, I feel so guided by my grandparents who have who have all passed. Particularly, my maternal grandma, Nani Luciana. She was Italian. My grandparents were immigrants from Italy. Uh, my grandpa is like the true definition of the American dream. Like, came over, survived the war, uh, was imprisoned in the war came over, built something from nothing, like was one of the head masons building the World Trade Center. What? Um, just, yeah, like just incredible, incredible people. Um, my grandma passed when I was on the younger side. And for some reason, she was an incredible gardener though. So both my, my grandparents had two plots of land, one for their home and one for their garden in Queens, New York. And my grandma grew everything they ate because when in Italy, that's what you do. Like you don't go to the grocery store, like you grow your own dang tomatoes, you know? Um, and so as I've been on this journey of like moving towards plants, I've just felt incredibly guided by her. And we moved twice when we moved upstate. So we were first in Woodstock, New York, and now we're in Sullivan County. And I don't know what vortex my house sits on in Sullivan County, but like where we live is so healing mm-hmm. and magical. And <laughs> I feel the presence of my grandparents here and I feel them in the in three trees on my property. Wow. <laughs> so you know, this is probably the most woo thing I've said on any podcast <laughs> interview I've ever done. But yeah, like I feel I feel my grandparents very profoundly here. And I feel like my grandma is like very much kind of guiding me in this in this planty journey and reconnecting with gardening has kind of reconnected me to her. And, you know, I have this lineage of Italian farmers and gardeners yeah. that, you know, uh, this this journey to plants have kind of, has has kind of healed for me, which is very interesting. Oh my gosh, Maria! All of that we love the woo here. First of all, and that's yeah, why I know. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like this is a safe space. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, you're in the right place. A safe space, indeed. Yeah. And I believe it. You know, I feel it, and I think that there are a lot of parallels that you were talking about. How you're just scrolling through my feed, and you got my vibe, and you're talking about a part of your story. And there are so many parallels. I think it's beautiful that this is something that led you, that guided you. I mean, from Broadway to 
finding yourself in the midst of nature and just finding peace through that and also discovering a deeper love for plants. I'm curious, when you lived in New York, did you have plants in your 500 square foot apartment? Yeah. So (laughs) great question. (laughs) Um, It's funny. So I was a really epic plant killer. So I call myself a plant killer turned happy plant lady. That's kind of my tagline. (laughs) Um, I can't – in my book, I canceled the term crazy plant lady because I don't think you're crazy or you should label your yourself as crazy for like passionately loving plants. Mm-hmm. So I'm a happy plant lady. I used to call myself a crazy plant lady and I decided to to cancel that. But um yeah, so I was an epic plant killer. Could not keep a plant alive if someone paid me a million dollars. Like the the things <laughs> I did to these plants were just horrible. So mm-hmm. I say, you know, if you are interested in caring for plants and you come to my podcast, like there is no judgment. Whatever you've done, whatever plants you've killed, I've done it in like a way more embarrassing way than you have. Because <laughs> I was a performer. So, you know, I did national tours of Broadway shows for like years. Like all of 2019, right. I was on the road, you know. Um, as a performer, you book jobs like a three-month co- – you know, I would move to D.C. for three months for a contract. I would move to Connecticut. So it that lifestyle didn't really – work for being a plant parent. Um, And also, I was really disconnected from nature as a kid. So I grew up – there's actually a term. It's a defined term called plant blindness. Interesting. Yeah. I call it plant bias because I don't think it's fair to call it blindness when – you know, I don't think that's fair to people who who actually experience physical blindness. But it's this concept that, you know, as humans, we grew up and evolved in nature, right? Like our ancestors, our grandparents, grandparents, grandparents. They grew up in nature. There were no windows. There was no screens. Like we were out foraging and living outdoors in connection with nature. And as society has progressed, we have gotten farther and farther disconnected to it to the point that we don't actually see nature as being living things. We don't see and recognize plants as being living. However, we still recognize animals as being living. So you know, grass is just something you mow. It's not like a living, breathing thing that captures carbon and gr- and grows and evolves and can actually communicate with each other, right? So I I really didn't, you know, and I grew up with this, with these grandparents who had a garden and, you know, a greenhouse full of stuff. And I just like never really noticed any of it or had any interest in it. Um, so I, yeah, I was a pretty epic plant killer until I moved in with my he was my boyfriend back then. He's my husband now. And that we we moved in. So I was in New York City for 10 years, already a plant killer. I moved in with my husband into the now infamous 500 square foot apartment. And that's where I really wanted to nest for the first time because I was so uh, nomadic with my lifestyle. This was like the first apartment I really called home and I was, you know, in love. And you you know, yeah. if you've been there, you get of it. Um, uh, you, want, you want a nest. And we had this tiny little balcony, um, which got beautiful sun and southern facing windows. So I said, you know, I'll try plants one more time, but this time I'm not just going to treat them like decor. I'm going to Google them. I'm going to learn how to take care of them so they can thrive. And I say that I came for the aesthetic, but I stayed for the wellness because unbeknownst to me, you know, I'm a self-help junkie as I've, you know, told you, I'm into human design. I'm into astrology. I love the Enneagram. Like, give it to me. Every yoga retreat, every self-help book, I've read it. Um, But plants ended up being the most, you know, cost-effective and efficient wellness tool that I had ever experienced in my life. Um, 
And so, yeah. So in that 500 square foot apartment, I like to say we went from zero to 60, literally and figuratively, in about three months. So we went from having no plants to 60 plants in three months, which was a lot. (laughs) Um, And this is, you know, uh, I started my podcast as I was getting into plants to like convert myself from plant killer to plant lady. So this is all like kind of tracked over the five years, which is kind of beautiful. I'm sure you can relate to like having these audio files being like history for you. Um, But we had a hunt our our largest amount we had 160 house plants in our 500 square foot apartment that was the peak <laughs> extra very extra so you just save a little bit of space for you just two. the tiniest <laughs> space like every you know i mean i will say it was aesthetically pleasing. You know, I had different plant stands and a green wall and plant hangers that I'd macrameed myself. Like we utilized the we utilized the space so it looked really beautiful. It didn't feel cluttered. I mean, 500 square foot feet felt cluttered, but <laughs> but um the plants the plants were I think what especially in New York City, you know, if you've ever lived in a congested city like gosh, having some plants in your space really does change the energetics and literally the air, but you know, it, it really, yeah, it changes. I can only imagine. Yeah. You can actually breathe and, you know, perhaps it also keeps out the pollution in some way, keeps it, the air more fresh and clean around you. And also I can imagine you feel better, like your skin probably feels better. You feel better inside as well. And it probably helps. I mean, you're talking about how plant care is self-care. Mm-hmm. And so there's probably a lot of emotional healing as well that you're easily, but not consciously, subconsciously you are receiving. And so yeah, I'm curious if that's part of your experience as well. Yeah, so it goes back to another really cool term that I learned about when writing my book, which is the term biophilia. Um, and it's a term that was coined in the 70s um, by different psychologists. But it's all about how, as humans, we are intrinsically connected to nature and our nervous systems are at their most restful when we are in nature and surrounded by nature. And nature meaning pets or plants. So there's a reason why when you pet your dog or your cat, I just got a bird. Like there's a reason why we like being around <laughs> pets because we like being around yeah. other living things. That by the way, I'm serious and I have headphones in. So, you know, my dog he he can feel probably though my puppy as you said that he just came closer to me and Aww. as you were talking about this just now and laid by my feet. Yeah, right as you said that. And is there just like a little <laughs> whoosh of like comfort just having Always. that dog near you? Always. Yeah. So that's He's helped my emotional well-being immensely. Totally. Like that's biophilia at play. And so I feel like biophilia, you know, now you hear this term biophilic design because a lot of architects and a lot of businesses like Google and, you know, all of these major headquarters in New York City and around the country, they're like finally getting akin to the fact that plants in the workspace are proven to increase creativity, increase productivity, decrease stress. Like there's all these studies now that are proving this. So biophilic design is the act of like building buildings with the with nature in mind. Um, But yeah, so I definitely think that biophilic effect of being in the presence of plants at all times definitely does something on your to your nervous system. And also, you know, plants are an opportunity for us to like engage all five of our senses, right? So I grew basil, you know, I grew herbs on my windowsill. So every day I was able to like engage my senses with the sense. I mean, we we all know the beauty of aromatherapy, but you're actually taking the plant that 
those scents come from. You know, your touch, this, you know, soft sage leaf versus a slick chive blade. You know, you get to kind of in, involve your senses in a way that you wouldn't if you're just, you know, I say like pre-plant Maria and post-plant Maria, like pre-plant Maria would wake up with her phone's alarm clock, start scrolling, have her coffee with Instagram and like go about her day. And post-plant Maria woke up not with her phone, got an alarm clock, um, and had coffee with her plants in the morning. And, you know, in that time, that screen-free time in the morning, that's where I kind of cultivated this relationship with myself and with nature. That really changed my life. And it's the first chapter of my book, Look at a Plant Before You Look at a Screen. It's one of the best habits you can build for yourself that will create so much calm in your life. It will like freaking blow your mind. It's so simple, but it's really tricky because we're all so addicted to our screens. It's, yes. it's actually really hard to do, but it's super effective if you can do it. Well, I mean, I think that we're addicted because we're seeking a dopamine hit. But man, mm-hmm. if you can receive that from a plant – you know, yeah. instead, and I'm sure you do. Yeah. Why not do the more natural form of it instead of seeing a blue light screen, you know? Totally. It's funny. I actually, when I was getting into plants, I was almost kind of freaked out about how obsessed I got with them and like how happy they were making me. It, it, <laughs> felt, it felt like kind of manic. I was like, whoa, like why am I so obsessed with my tomato plant? Like this is weird. And so I actually interviewed a neuroscientist about um, like what happens with cool. our in our brains when we interact with plants because she also was a plant lady, so it was really helpful for her to like break it down because she she understood it. But yeah, it's that dopamine and it's that bonding hormone, um, which I'm not going to remember the name of. But there are like there are hormones that get released when we cultivate a relationship with plants, similar to our pets or you know with children. And once those hormones start flowing, you're going to feel good. So yeah, there is in, there is very interesting science backing all this stuff, which is which is pretty wild. Yeah, that is awesome. That is awesome. Ladies, we all have different symptoms that time of the month. For me, my energy level happens to just dip insanely and I just feel a little down, you know, a little sluggish. And so I'm happy to share Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, and they are dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. And so here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. So, Hormone Harmony is for any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances, and it's perfect for symptoms that put a woman's life on hold, like racing thoughts and low moods, poor sleep, and feeling tired all the time, occasional bloating and gas when you have no desire to get in bed next to someone if you know what I mean, and also hot flashes and night sweats if you happen to be going through menopause. It's really great for women with menopause. So yeah, Hormone Harmony can help with all of these things and for a limited time you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code MAGIC at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code magic for 15% off today. Your hormones will thank you. I am embarrassed to say 
<laughs> that I don't really have plants around me in the house mm-hmm. because I'm traveling so much. And yeah. But I see that you have solutions for this and I would love to have plants around me. Also, I don't know if it would affect because I, I um, have allergies, but I think it might just be the outdoor plants. And like hay fever? Yes, I've, I've had hay fever actually, but I, I just I have a hard time breathing sometimes. But the good news is that it's gotten immensely better the past several years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just something that I, I want to be able to have that around me. And I feel like if it's in my home, I would be, A, it'd probably help me immensely. I'd be able to breathe better. And yeah, I, I really would love to have plants around me. I really would. And so I want to find a solution so I can also travel back and forth. <laughs> And have plants. Okay, let's work. Let's workshop this. Okay. So, when you travel back and forth, are you traveling back and forth for months at a time, yes. or are you doing like a week or so and a week or no, so? Months, months, months at a time. And do you have two homes? Or yeah. okay, yeah. so those homes are vacant when yes, they're okay. And then, um, what's like the longest amount of time you'd be gone for? It could be six, seven months. It depends on, it really depends every oh, season. Okay. Okay. It really does. I'm, I'm usually here in uh, California half the time and Utah half the time, but then I go other places in between, like get down to San Diego or over to Colorado. Gotcha. Okay. So six months for a living plant is tricky unless you have someone come water the plant once a month. Because I'm so obsessed with personality tests, I have a plant parent personality test Mm -hmm. um, where people take the test and then I tell them different plants that, you know, would suit their lifestyle. So you would definitely be a low maintenance plant parent. Yeah. Meaning, and you're exactly who, you're that person who travels a lot. So I would say what would make the most sense for you is to pick drought hardy plants that can really withstand going like multiple weeks without being watered, like snake plants, ZZ plants. I can shoot you an email too with some with some recommendations Please. after this. Oh my gosh, this is um, great. Yeah. I don't want to take the test. I love personality tests. Yeah. They're so – oh my God, it's so fun and it takes like two minutes. But um, yeah, so like uh, ZZ plants, snake plants, Monstera um, – let me see. You also have to figure out your light, but I would go like lower light for you because you're probably going to want to like pull them out of your windowsill anyway when you leave. And then, yeah, like those plants, um, if you set them up right in good soil, like they can probably go two to three weeks without getting watered. So then if you could just have your neighbor come and give them a good water, um, you know, every two to three weeks, like you'd be totally fine. And when I travel, because my parents are in Florida, so my husband and I go um, to Florida for a month twice a year. And I've got too many plants to do that, but to do like once every two weeks. But I have a friend do the same thing. Once a week, she comes and waters my plants. And then, you know, I treat her to dinner whenever I come back. But um, yeah, people get plant sitters, like they get pet sitters. I love that. Yeah. for it too. Kind of like how pet sitters, there's Rover. Com. Yes, there app, there is there's an app called Watering Can, um, okay. and it's new. It's like in its infancy. I don't know if it's in Utah. It's definitely in California. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can get people for like pretty cheap, especially if you're doing like once or twice a month. Um, but yeah, but then the other thing is, you know, in some of my research, you don't need physical plants to enjoy the benefits of, you know, that nervous system regulation and that happiness. So like. You could do like a really cool statement wall of like jungle wallpaper, you know, or you could have framed 
photos of nature, like big framed photos Ugh, of – But it's not the you know, same. It's not the same. It's not same. the same. It's not. But yes, it's not. you're right. I mean, we do. I do um, have – I literally have a photo right next to me or a, on the wall. I have a large frame photo of a drawing mm-hmm. of – uh, house plants, but it's not the same. I love that. It's not the same. <laughs> Another thing I've seen people do, which I think looks really beautiful and I think is like very on trend right now, unless it's already over, the, unless the trend's already over and I just like live under a rock, but people do really beautiful like dried grasses in really cool like sculptural vases. So oh. you could also look at doing like dried plants or dried yeah. grasses. That's um, a good like idea. big, long kind of sculptural feathery grasses could be really beautiful. Um, I've seen like – I've seen some really cool stuff on Instagram. Um, but yeah, then if you want the real thing, I would say like going drought drought tolerant. And if you're cool with getting a plant sitter, just get the most low-maintenance plants that you can so you can have your plant sitter come as infrequently as possible. And then when you're there, you get to enjoy them and enjoy taking care of them yourself, which is super yes. fun. Yes. Good point. But you know what I was also just thinking? Because I – this has all of a sudden become a podcast of me and how I'm taking care of plants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just a quick plant coaching. Quick plant coaching. Uh, yes. I happy appreciate to, it. Happy to help you. Happy to give advice. <laughs> so I actually – I drive between California and Utah because I have a puppy now instead of fly. I used to fly. Now I drive. Oh, you can take your plants with you. Exactly. Girl, I moved so in the la- so since we left New York City, I've moved 3 times. I moved in with my parents for 6 months and then our first house and our second house. I have moving with plants down to a freaking science at this point. Um you put the plants in your car. You have the moving truck, but like the plants get the best real estate in the car. You know, don't let them freeze or get too hot. Um, they're the last thing out of the house and the first thing in the house. Um, I think I have a whole epi- – I think I made a whole episode on it. I was about to say, if you yeah. have an episode, I'm listening. Yeah, I'll I'm send you the link. That can, yeah, we can put it in the show notes. Uh, I think I made a YouTube video Please. too because it's kind of vi- visual. Like I show you how to pack up plants and store them in, you know, plastic boxes because, you know, I moved with awesome. 160 plants. So that was a, that was a lot of plants <laughs> in tubs. So I did the plastic oh tub gosh. route. But um, yeah. yeah, you could totally do that, especially if you just start with like five plants. Like you can mm-hmm. move five plants in your car, no problem. Like that's simple. Easily. You know? As long as my dog doesn't, yes. you know, attack Yes. It. So I have a couple of episodes on plants and pets as well because a lot of people in my community are are pet parents in addition to plant parents. Mm-hmm. So there are some plants that are toxic. So yeah. you need to know if you have a pet, you got to make sure yes. you don't get a toxic plant. But also there are all these interesting like ways to train your pet to not be up in your plants. Like putting like river rocks on top of your soil so they know that they can't be digging in the soil. Or there's actually this like – I I have it on my Amazon storefront. I don't remember the name of it, but I think it's like this apple cider vinegar spray. So you actually spray the leaves with this, you know, non-toxic spray and it tastes so bad that it trains your dog or your cat not to nibble on your plant, which I thought was really – I don't have a dog or a cat, so it's foreign to me, but um, – I thought that was super, super fascinating. This just came to mind. Okay. And I did not even plan on asking about this, but you know, the monarch butterfly. Endangered. Yeah. They're endangered. Mm-hmm. Yes, they're endangered. And you probably, you might know about this, but if people plant milkweed, yes. that might help save them. However, milkweed is also very toxic 
to dogs and yeah. animals. It's a big debate. Like myself, I'm not – it's not worth it to me to have any toxic plant around for my puppy. He is my – he's my baby. He's my Absolutely. child. Like, Absolutely. You know? Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, if someone doesn't have a pet, perhaps consider planting a milkweed because we want to save the monarch. Yeah, it's funny. It's This is very funny you just brought this up because I actually went on a YouTube war poll, like rabbit hole about raising monarch butterflies this week. Really? Yes. I'm, wow. <laughs> this is wild. Yeah, I'm um, – I'm taking this online horticultural therapy class with the New York Botanical Garden, and this woman in my class raises monarch butterflies, like 200 – like she hatches them. Um, and there's this whole practice of being able to do this, but it does involve planting the milkweed. So some people um, – like up by me, if you want to have a garden, you have to fence it in because of deer and like – you know, moles, voles, rabbits, everything that's going to chew your garden up. So, you know, if you have a fenced in area that your dog, you know, can't go to, that's one thing. But yes, and um, the only plants that monarchs hatch in are these uh, milkweeds. So it is very important for people to be putting them, you know, in their native gardens in general, native pollinator gardens. Um, But, you know, if you can't save the monarchs, maybe you can plant some lavender or other pollinator plants for, you know, some other, you know, there are so many pollinators that need help. Like like the bees. What could we plant for bees? Um, What can you plant for bees? I definitely see bees on my lavender plants. Um, flowers. I mean, all these perennial, um, perennial native flowers and perennial native salvias and plants. The, what I recommend wherever you live, because it really does vary area to area. I'm in New York. Like I don't, you know, I'm your, your locations are very different gardening zones than mine. What I always recommend is to go to your local native plant nursery. Um, so don't go to a big box store, go to a local nursery that's like owned by a family, you know, like real people who are really passionate about what they do. Um, you know, not knocking big box stores, but this is just if you if you want education, this is how I we yeah can. This, yeah can. this is how I uh, <laughs> okay cool this is this is what I recommend and ask the people there what are the native what are the best hardiest native perennials that I can plant in my you know landscape that will help with, with pollinators and they'll know they'll know exactly what to tell you I've learned so much from the local people at my local garden center um shout out to the Liberty Agway they're incredible there um but yeah like I just go there and say hey we have such deer pressure in the Catskills there's there are so many deer they have no predators it's like crazy how many deer we have and so they eat everything yes yeah it's wild so i went to the agway cuz i wanted to plant a perennial flower garden and i said okay i'm doing it and i don't have a fence so what am i planting and they walked me through okay the in my garden the deer aren't the, the deer don't eat the salvia the deer don't eat the you know um Gosh, what else did I plant? I don't remember at this point. It was it was a while ago, but they they you know they pointed out the plants that I should try, and for the most part, they were right, um, which was pretty cool. So I say your local nursery owners and people that work there are like your best friends when you're trying to learn and plant shops too. Like if you want to get into house plants, so you could go to a local plant shop and say, "Hey, I want low light, drought tolerant, pet safe plants. What can I get?" And they will literally walk – they'll take you by your hand and walk you around the store yeah. and, you know, tell you. Because plant people, if they're working at a plant shop, they like plants. They want to talk about plants. Yes. They took that job for a reason, you know? Yeah. It's their passion. Exactly. Have you ever considered having a nursery? 
You know, I like um I like promoting other people's nurseries. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I love that. Yeah. Fair enough. I like my digital business that I can yes. travel around the world with my laptop. Yes. Um, I don't, I don't love inventory, but I have to say I have so much respect for people who run nurseries because those are some perishable products, you know, that they've got to house and take care of and sell. And yeah, it's a really, yeah, it's an incredible industry. A lot of like family owned multi-generations, um, the grow, most of the growers in the United States are like family owned for generations and generations. You know, it's a passion, passion. The horticulture industry is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think about the one in Park City, Utah. There's the Park City Nursery. Mm-hmm. Park City is some is a place that really changes seasonally. It's extreme of autumn, the extreme of winter, the extreme of spring, the extreme of summer, right? That's uh, a harsh, yeah. And I just wonder how they take care of their inventory because it's outside. It's just a little house and then all the plants are outside. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, but I wonder how they – how they do it. How how can we take care of plants through the season? Yeah. Um, you know, the question I like to ask is how do I take care of my plants and how do I take care of myself through oh, the like seasons, that. right? Because, you know, if I if my mission is to like get us to use plants to look inward, um, you know, dormancy is important. There's a reason why plants go dormant to rest and recuperate before they mm-hmm. come to bloom again in the wind, you know, in the spring. Um, house plants you know, you're taking them out of their natural environment and putting them in your home environment, which has heat and air conditioning and, you know, probably not that much humidity because of our forced air. Um, so houseplants, I don't feel like experience the seasons as much as, you know, our gardens and outdoor plants do because they're living in this climate controlled area. Um, with houseplants, you have to understand in the winter, there's going to be much less light available. Um, and in the summer, the sun might be so strong that if they're in a windowsill, you know, you might get burned. I have episodes on my show that talk about, you know, prepping your houseplants for winter and then prepping them to come out of winter into spring. Little things that you don't realize like um, – so my house has floor-based heaters. And so anywhere you look online, it's going to tell you to water your plants more in the spring and summer because that's the growing season and then reduce your watering in the winter because that's when they go a little bit dormant. But I'm actually watering my plants the most in the winter because those baseboard heaters are kicking on and they're drying the soil out of the plant so much faster than in the summer. So that's really interesting. So you kind of have to become like a super sleuth in your own home environment. And I understand that this can be really confusing and complicated. Um, I know for me it was. I mean, even when I had my podcast about caring for houseplants, I still was struggling to understand natural light. Um, because I think in general, a lot of us really overestimate how much light our homes get. So I have a free download on my website. If anybody is also struggling, I created it because I was struggling. And so I know a lot of other people have too. And it's an understanding your natural light worksheet. And basically I give you, it's a free app you download and I teach you how to like track the volume of light that your apartment gets or your home gets so that you can choose the right plants for your light availability. And then know that, you know, your light is going to change winter, summer, um, you know, fall is my favorite. Do you have a favorite season? Fall is my favorite season. Fall. Obviously, we're the same. <laughs> Obviously, we you have the same favorite season. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, so yeah. And then 
with your uh, outdoor gardens, you know, that's again where like working with a native nursery or like if you're a newbie doing some research and making sure that you're picking, you know, if you're trying to go the perennial route, picking perennials. Perennials are plants that you plant once and they'll bloom every year. Um, And annuals are plants that you plant for a season and then they're going to die and not come back the next year. Um, And every garden, you know, if you're a gardener, you're usually planting both because annuals tend to be showier and more colorful. So you buy them for a season and you enjoy them. Um, And perennials are, you know, what you're planting for the pollinators and, you know, to kind of have this more resilient garden. Um, And this is where, you know, making sure you're picking the right plants for your garden zone, for your – and if garden zone is something that confuses you, I have an episode on understanding your garden zone. Because the thing with gardening and plants is like you don't know what you don't know. Um, and it is kind of like, I mean, it's like any of this, it's like human design or astrology. You know, I'm a student of astrology right now. I'm a total newbie. I'm obsessed. (laughs) I'm reading this textbook, like a chapter a day in the morning as part of my morning practice. And it's so interesting because, you know, three weeks ago, I'd look at my birth chart and I'm just like, what are these hieroglyphics? I don't understand anything. <laughs> and now after reading it, you know, after reading about them, I'm like, oh, okay, I have a stellium in Capricorn and I have, you know, my son and my whatever, like all of a sudden it makes sense, but you just need the, you need the education to, to figure it out. And then it becomes very simple. What book, by the way? It's called, um, I think it's called like astrology for your everyday life. I will I'll send you the link because okay. I want to give this girl credit. Her book is incredible. Um yeah. if you're a newbie, she is just walking she is just holding my hand, walking me through all of it cuz I don't understand any of it, awesome. but I'm really learning. It's it's really fun. And is that what your book is kind of like? People, you're just walking people through it, holding yeah. their hand. <laughs> yeah, my book is like I wrote it the way I talk, you know. Awesome. I curse in it. Awesome. I, you know, um use like really silly. Actually, one of the funniest reviews of I'm I'm very blessed that the book has gotten predominantly really good reviews, but I got this one awful review of this of my book and it's this woman being like this girl doesn't know proper English. How dare she say, you know, like how dare she speak write a book and and use colloquial English, like whatever. And I'm like, oh, okay. She's not uh, not my tribe, yeah, no. like not my people. She's but probably the big a little bit older like, too. But it's okay. It's okay. Exactly. Exactly. It's totally okay. I'm not her bag. I don't have to be everybody's no. bag. But people um, probably appreciate the colloquial, the actual conversational yeah. piece. I do. I appreciate it. Totally. I think that's why people like your show because you're breaking down these like really kind of higher intimidating concepts, scary concepts, out out there <laughs> concepts and and distilling them and making them make sense for people, right? I think that's what Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. I I am going to credit the guests though that come on and do that. Oh, okay. But you got you ask the good questions. I do ask podcaster the, I do ask the questions. to podcaster. <laughs> you um, get it. <laughs> yeah, I get it. But yeah, so the book is um it's I like to say it's like part self-care, part plant care, mostly plant puns, <laughs> and part like part memoir. Um, it's kind of a lot. I can love a pun. Yeah. Love a pun, all the plant puns. But yeah, so 
in the book, you know, it's called Growing Joy, Your Plant Lover's Guide to Cultivating Happiness. It's a self-help book about how to use plants to cultivate joy and calm in your life. So the book has, you know, all sorts of interesting profiles of these concepts like plant blindness and biophilia and biophilic design and um, a whole chapter on nervous system regulation and like kind of an overview of like the studies that, that kind of prove this concept that plants in nature we are meant to be around plants in nature. And then there's over 60 practices in the book. I threw everything up against the wall because I'm like, anybody who reads this book, I want everyone to be able to walk away with one thing that they can do for free in their life immediately to like start living a little bit better. So there's all sorts of practices from look at a plant before you look at a screen, you know, to starting seeds, to um, creating a plant care self-care routine. Um, and then stories, you know, my personal stories about how plants have changed my life and how, you know, they help me heal my depression and they help me, you know, go the opening, the opening chapter, my author's note is I, I actually opened the book saying I wrote this book about joy in the least joyful period of my life. And um, you know, the pandemic, like not the most ideal time to get a book deal and, and write a book. I mean, I guess some would or some would argue it's a great time because like life was put on hold. So I had time to write, but also like my personal life was in shambles. So that that was very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, yeah. But, you know, plants were what got me through. So the fact that I was, you know, walking the walk and doing these practices when I was healing from some pretty intense stuff, you know, further rooted my belief that plants can really be a part of our healing journey and our joy, our joyful journey. Um, And at the end for, you know, if anybody is still in their plant killer, you know, life, once again, no judgment. Or if you want to start bringing plants into your space like you, there's also a plant killer turned plant lady crash course at the back of the book. So basically, I, I yeah, I give you like everything you need to know to to help your plants start thriving, like in 12 pages basically. But, you know, I, I set you up. So, okay, I've, you know, we've inspired you to start caring for plants, but let's make sure you don't kill them because that would, you know, not, not, not feel good, not a feel good moment. <laughs> you don't want to also be a self-proclaimed plant killer. Exactly. We're trying to avoid that. We're, We're trying, trying to, to avoid, avoid that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I have to ask you about this yes. because I see you had an episode on plant magic. Yes. What what is plant magic? What does that look like to you? Is that Oh my gosh. Is that also woo? Yes. It's so woo. So Raquel, my friend Raquel just published this book called Plant Magic and she's really special. Um she's you know, an intuitive, um she's an intuitive, she's a medium, she's a life coach and a plant lady. And um She's and pretty witchy. I don't know if she would call herself a witch, but she's definitely pretty witchy. And her book is a book about the magic of plants. And if you think about it, you know, there's a great book called The Green Witch. And, you know, yes. I, I like that book. Oh, yeah. you Have you read it? It's been a minute, but I read it a while ago. Yeah. So, you know, there's a whole practice in magic that revolves around plants and their energies and, you know, healing yourself through through plants. And there's a reason why plants are in all of these spells and all of these manifestation rituals. Um, and so, you know, they're believed to have these different energetics. And Raquel's book, which I highly recommend, once again, it's called Plant Magic. Um the first half of the book is all about 
base more basic magic stuff. She has some rituals and some spells and talks about the chakras and different plants that are associated with each chakra. And then she profiles, you know, kind of from an herbalism perspective, you know, these different plants, their magical properties, what to use them for. Um, and it's really interesting. And I when I had her on my show, I was I recently just went through a rebrand and it's been really exciting, but I worked behind the scenes on it for six months. So when I interviewed her, she was we were chatting after and she was saying, you know, like, what magic do you want to work on? Like, what, you know, how can I help you? And I was saying, like, I'm I'm going through this rebrand. I feel like I'm kind of shedding this older skin and and stepping into this new version of myself. You know, what plant would you recommend me working with if I was to kind of have a plant that I meditate with in the morning or something that I want to embody. And she mentioned, you know, aloes and agaves are plants that, um, and you've probably seen this if you're in Palm Springs, you know, they, they are these beautiful plants that once they flower, they send off these pups and the pups are these smaller plants that grow and then the mother plant dies. And then you have this bigger, you know, pup plant that steps into its new iteration. And so she was like, yeah, like you should envision that like this rebrand, you know, this next chapter you're opening up is this kind of next generation of yourself and your business. And um, yeah, it was something I I really took with me. And so she does all sorts of like coaching and, you know, plant-based magic, which is really interesting. I'm, I'm definitely a novice in this realm, but you know, she's the best and it's a great read. Right. Yeah. It's a great read. I have to read that as well. And yes. oh my gosh, I love the the fact that you visualize it, but imagine if you also had it near you, perhaps that would also help. Exactly. Did you ever get your hands on one to help you with the rebrand? You know, I looked for one and I couldn't find one, the specific one that that she had recommended, but I, I transferred it. So I had two things. So Monstera are – and Monstera, for those listening that don't know, Monstera is like the jungle heart-shaped leaf with the holes in it that you, you definitely know it if you've seen it. It's in like every design of a plant ever. Um Monsteras, when they are juvenile plants, have no holes. So the holes are called fenestrations. Fenestration means window, fenetra, window in Latin. Um, and the the holes are what give them that like real jungle vibe look. So a juvenile monstera has no holes. And I remember when I got my first monstera, it didn't have any holes and it had five leaves. And as I cared for it, another leaf would grow and I'd be like, oh my God, is this the one with the holes? And then it would open and it wouldn't have any holes. And, you know, it was like a year of the plant growing robust enough before it threw off its first leaf that had fenestrations in it. And then after it grows with fenestrations, all of a sudden the leaves get bigger and bigger and more and more fenestrations and it turns into this like different plant. It looks completely different. And so the visualization that I I kind of gave myself was, you know, I'm going from juvenile monstera to, you know, fenestrated monstera and I have three monsteras in my living room. So when I would meditate, I would sit oh, with wow. them. I would sit with them and I would and luckily enough like they they all are constantly growing new leaves. So I constantly had a new fenestrated leaf to kind of sit with and, you know, and meditate with, which is, which was really beautiful. It was really nice. (laughs) Oh, what a beautiful life you live. This is so fascinating for me. It is. It is. Do you happen to have, I know that obviously this might be really hard to say or really hard to choose, but do you happen to have one favorite plant? Mm. I love this. Sorry. I took a sip of water. Um, No, you're good. One favorite plant. Um, right now, 
it's interesting. My favorite plants are not my most expensive plants. I have some fancy plants that like listeners have sent me that are super rare and hard to find. They are not my favorite plants. <laughs> my Interesting. Favorite, yeah. No offense, listeners. <laughs> no offense. No. Oh my God. I tr- I cherish them. I, I treasure them. Yes. But ironically, you know, my favorite plants are that Monstera that, you know, I got when it had five leaves and it was in a four-inch pot and it's been with me for five years and I have watched this thing completely unfurl into this beautiful, robust expression of itself. And now it's in an eight, it's in a 10 inch pot. I just repotted it and it's like a teenager plant, you know, and I'm like a part of its life, you know? Um, so probably that plant, I have, um, a plant, another very meaningful plant and what I viewed as a manifestation You know, when I started my podcast five years ago, I had so many whispers from the universe that I was on the right path. It was wild. One of Mm -hmm. them was like right as I was thinking about whether or not to do this podcast or right as I was getting into plants, I had a friend who I was on the national tour of Sound of Music with and she had to move unexpectedly and she was a plant lady. And when I was on Sound of Music, she kind of started my passion for plants. This is when I was still a plant killer. But we would talk about plants and she would show me pictures of her plants. And then when I got off of tour, that's when I started getting into plants. And I got a text from her. I hadn't heard from her in like five months. And I got a text from her out of nowhere saying, hey, Maria, I have to move unexpectedly. I have 15 plants and I don't know what to do with them. Would you like them? And I was just like, whoa. Like the fact that I'm evaluating doing this podcast, I've already (laughs) been lit up by these plants and all of a sudden I'm getting 15 more plants to fill my space from this very special person. Might be a sign. Might be a sign. Might be a sign. Yeah. She had a jade plant that was given to her by someone that was like 20 years old when she gifted it to me. No way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I took cuttings of that plant and I gifted them to my sister and to a few of my friends. And my sister – gave cuttings of her plant to her friends. So when I think about – and actually the last chapter of my book is a trace like – I, it's the the chapter titled The Sisterhood of the Traveling Plants, and it's actually <laughs> a testament to how plants can really connect us as humans. And, you know, I think about this web of gifted cuttings of this one plant that has enriched the lives of like, at this point, probably five to ten people. Um And yeah, when I was on the national tour of cats in 2019, I took my podcast on the road with me. I was already podcasting for a few years. I was definitely a plant lady by then. (laughs) And um, in every city, I would buy a few plants at the grocery store, have them in my hotel room, and then I would gift them at the end of the week to like the local dresser or the coffee shop person who was kind to me. Um, And I had some really wild, beautifully connective experiences with strangers because of this gifting ritual that I had. And so, um, yeah, the last chapter is, is my network of, of gifted plants and, and the relationships that have spurred from them. Cause plants can be, you know, when you meet an, yeah, when you meet another plant lady, like you feel seen in, in such a way, you know, if, if, it takes a very special person. I like to say my community is some of the kindest people because it takes a very special person to like take their time and expendable income and, you know, interest and invest it in 
these green aliens <laughs> that like can't really communicate with us. And, you know, it's not a pet or a puppy that can bark at you when it's hungry. It's like a plant that can't communicate. And we have to like teach ourselves and learn so much about these plants and like develop this relationship. And, you know, um, it's a very special person that like does that for their hobby. I agree. Yeah. I remember there was a my second retreat, there was a beautiful soul. She had a beautiful way of communicating with the plants around us. And that was, I know, part of her magic. And I'm just curious, mm -hmm. um, do you communicate in some way, shape, or form with these plants? And if so, how do you talk with them? Because it feels like they're listening, right? Don't you feel like they're listening in some way? How do you yeah. develop this relationship with them? Yeah. So I have a whole affirmation practice with them, actually. Um, I love it. Yeah, fun you ask. So um, I believe that plants are a wonderful way to practice like positivity and um, confidence, especially if it doesn't come naturally to you. So, um, you know, it might be harder for me to affirm myself and say, wow, I'm doing so great. But I can talk to that. I can say that to my plant, you know, like there is a weird when you get plants and you start caring for them, there is a weird thing that you want to start talking to them. So I've sung to my plants before. I talk to them all the time. I say, <laughs> oh my God, you're, you know, you're throwing off a new leaf. Like, damn, you're so beautiful. This flower. I'm so <laughs> proud of you. You know, like you're doing great. Um, it's that bonding maternal hormone, right? So, um, you know, the thought is you start saying these affirmations to your plants. You're doing great. You're growing beautifully. It's okay if you're dormant. You know, you're going to come alive again in the future. Um, dormancy mm, is necessary. Yeah. You know, whatever words, you know, and when I say affirmations, it's not, you know, positive. Like, I'm amazing. It can be literally like, I know you're struggling right now, but you're going to make it through, you know, for yeah. a plant that has like a pest infestation. Like, I'm going to take care of you until – this is over, you know? Um, right. So you say it to your plants and then you say it to yourself. And the more you say it to your plants, the easier it is to say to yourself. So um, yeah, but I, I do feel like plants are a beautiful they're, – they're a beautiful relationship to build. Like I said, they are these green aliens. You know, they can't communicate with you. So you have to kind of tune your ears to the frequency of, of how they want to communicate. And it really helps – it helps build those that sensitivity. I think we we move in such a fast pace right now. Like it's go, go, go. It's, you know, on your phone while you pee. Like no one reads the <laughs> shampoo bottle anymore. Like no one has, you know, you you listen to a podcast in the shower. Like no one has time alone anymore with their thoughts mm. because we're just constantly stimulating ourselves. And mm -hmm. taking some time to like put your phone down and cultivate a relationship with a plant. Um, it's really time to cultivate a relationship with yourself because in that space, you know, your thoughts come back to you. You know, you yeah. can you can think about, um, wow, this plant looks really thirsty. You know, number one, have I had water today? But number two, like what areas of my life are dehydrated and what what do I need to water figuratively in my life or, um, you know – those things, you know, like plant life parallels. Oh my God, I have literally a book full of them, but I feel like my whole life is a plant life parallel. I feel like whatever, whatever scenario someone gives me, I could like turn it into a nature parallel. <laughs> um, my husband is like, we get it, Maria, you like plants. <laughs> 
can we just have a normal conversation? I love how he supported them. Yes. Like he allowed 160 plants to be in your 500 square foot place. And he, oh, yeah. Not a lot of men would do that. He's the greatest. He really is. And when I went on that tour of cats in 2019, I left him in that 500 square foot apartment with all my plants. And he had to get, <gasps> and he, he had to take care for, he oh had, my. Yeah. He had to take care of them for a full year. Not one died. Um, not one died. He did incredible. He's the um, one. <laughs> he's the one. He's a very special guy. I'm very lucky. And he's actually going to co-host. We're going to do a mini series on my show this year called um, uh, How to Grow Mushrooms. Oh, cool. And we're going to do a series on how to grow mushrooms indoors, how to grow them outdoors, how to harvest them. And he's going to be my co-host because he's very interested in uh, the medicinal benefits of Ooh. mushrooms. So I think that'll be a fun project for us to kind of fold him into the growing joy world. Um, thank you for spreading that healing modality that a lot of people I feel like need and nobody knows how to really get their hands on them. So I love yes. that you're doing that for people. Yeah. it's I'm so excited because I'm just curious and I'm a beginner yeah. again. Like yeah. I don't know how to grow mushrooms. So, you know, I've got my first mushroom grow kit and we're going to grow alongside the audience. So it's going to be really fun to be a novice again after I've kind of grown into a plant expert over the last, you know, yeah. six years of podcasting about them. Um, that yeah. is exciting. I love that you get so excited about, you know, being a student again in a variety of ways, like human design, astrology, and now this mushroom yes. uh, experience. That's going to be so fun. Now, do you have any other messages before we move on to rapid fire? Do I have any other messages? No, just, you know, if you already care for plants, you understand how good it feels. And if you don't, but you're nervous about it, um, or, you know, you've killed plants before and you think you're a plant killer or you're scared to bring a plant home and kill it, like I've totally got your back. I've got 180 episodes of podcasts and blogs and YouTube videos and TikToks to like show you how to do it. And my DMs are always open. So, um, you know, try it, especially if you're listening to this podcast, you're a sensitive, person who would probably benefit tremendously from creating a relationship with plants. You know, I usually ask this at the end, but I'm going to ask this now since you said that you are on TikTok and YouTube and everywhere and your podcast, where can everyone connect with you and find you in this moment? Yes. Growingjoywithmaria.com on socials. Podcast is also called Growing Joy. Um, actually, the podcast is called Growing Joy with Plants, but it's a picture of me. Type in Growing Joy, you'll find it. Um, I love the picture. Yeah, so my mom took it. <laughs> my mom, really? yeah, my mom yeah. took it. Um, but so yeah, she's she's so cute. But yeah, Growing Joy with Maria, and the book is called Growing Joy as well. Awesome, awesome. Okay, Maria, ready for rapid fire? Hit me. Okay, so this actually, this question, I actually usually ask this question first thing before. I move on to the interview and I didn't ask this because we already, we do, we're just having a wonderful conversation. I had to press record. So I'm going to ask this now. Okay. What is lighting you up most in this season of your life? <gasps> oh my gosh. Slowing down. Oh my gosh. Like mm. honoring dormancy. <laughs> Last year, my book launched. I was a freaking insane person, like slowing down, creating space, um, my husband and I have a term 10% less like in January, like in life. We're like, we need 10% less, like 10% less plans, 10% less over, you know, stimulation. Like let's just freaking slow down. And country living has really helped. That's good. Um, and I have a morning practice that is just lighten me up lately. 
Um, so I've been getting up before the sunrise, which feels so intense, but it's been so lovely to feel the sunrise in my body, to experience it. And um, we're doing this interview in January, so I love yoga with Adrian. Do you know her? I've seen it YouTube, right? It's a YouTube channel, and she does a 30-day yes. yoga journey every January. So oh, I love I'm that. doing her yoga videos every day, and then I read about astrology for an hour, um, and I do my <laughs> and I do my meditation. But like, I slowly wake up, I make my coffee, um, and then I do a Peloton and a cold shower. Um, so my husband and I are super in. Are you a cold? Are you a Wim Hof girl? Or are you a cold shower girl? I do the cold shower sometimes. Thanks to Wim Hof, you know, introducing it a long time ago. But you know, I don't do it all the time. Yeah, I'm a normal shower girl. I'm not too hot girl, but I also don't do the cold thing all the time like Wim Hof. Okay, got it. Yeah, we're we're pretty intense about it. Um, so yeah, my husband and I do cold showers together in the morning and like cheer each other on and like get hyped for the day. Um, so yeah, I think, but like that I've had to like slow down and create space in order to just create some time with myself. Like that morning practice is like time for me before I start my day. And, you know, previously I would just like roll out of bed and get to work. So that's been really nice. Lately. Your routine sounds delicious. Yeah. I agree with waking up and seeing the sunrise. There's something about it. I actually recently tried to become a night owl and you know, it was nice, but I missed the sunrise, you know, because no matter what, I always see the sunset, mm-hmm. but I missed the sunrise. So I went back to my normal routine and it was so nice and delicious, but I love that you also do a Peloton. I mean, same. What? Who's your favorite instructor? Oh, I freaking love Peloton <laughs> so much. I normally yes. ride between – I rotate between Robin, who is my ultimate favorite. Love her. Love her. Um, Love Cody. For like when I just My need favorite. to have fun. Cody's the greatest. Yep. And then I like Kendall when she does country rides. Amazing. My husband is a diehard Kendall metal ride, but that's too intense for me. Today I tried <laughs> shadow boxing with Kendall, which I really liked. Oh, cool. Um, and then I do the boot camps twice a week. So I do the boot camps with um, Tunde or Callie who I love. Um, but I just so got cool. my Peloton three week- three months ago, so I feel like I'm still – meeting instructors for the first time. Who are your favorites? Of course. Of course. Cody's my number one. Yeah, he's Cody the best. Cody is my number one. Jesse King's fun. I do like Robin. I do like Dennis. I, you know what? Every single one. Oh, uh, Kaylee. Or is it Callie? Callie or Kaylee. She's funny. She's fun as well. Oh, man. There's so many. But- it's great because you, you like learn their vibes and then you can match. You can like pick what you need for the day, you know? Which I think just makes it so much more sustainable. Like one day if I just like – 100%. You know, when I don't want to ride, I'm like, Cody's going to get me through this. You know, Cody's going to just make jokes and I'm going to – That's me every day. Yeah. (laughs) Every day. Every day. That's why I pretty much always go to Cody because he'll make me excited to ride, especially since he's so millennial and he gets us. You know, he gets us. Yeah. Yeah. Robin too. Robin too. Robin – yeah, Robin too. The only thing about Cody that I – have to complain about is how much he hates on Taylor Swift because I am the me too twice this year. <gasps> you oh. do. I'm so jealous. <laughs> of course you do. We're so of course. How so? How can I ask how old you are? Yeah, I'm 32. Okay, so I'm 33. So I feel okay. like we and I, Tinks said this on TikTok the other day, and I was like, yeah, I can. I actually really agree with this. Um, we are fortunate to have grown up alongside Taylor Swift. I know, and she Chelsea. has captured our life. 
yeah. in music yeah. at every step of the way. Chills. Like, Chills right now. Like, right? Every, that's why I love her so much. She's like every time she went, what she went through, I remember her, you know, singing about heartbreak at, in her first album. Yes. And that's when I was going through it. And I was just like, picture to burn. He is it. Like, this is, yes. it was, oh, and the, but then also I was like in love or whatever in high school, right? Quote unquote, puppy love. And so our song was yes. like everything to me. You know, every album, every single album, she's always, spoken to my heart. Red. Because red red took red took like mm-hmm. a turn for people. I feel like some people it, it was hard for them to for to watch her really step out of yep. country. But she's growing yeah. up. If you want to talk about a fenestrated monstera, like we've watched her, you know, mm. really blossom and like grow up. And yeah, I say that I say exactly what you say. Like she writes the lyrics of my heart. Like she hits, she expresses my feelings better than I ever could. Yeah. Thank you. Amen to that. What's your favorite album? Mm, ooh, what's my favorite album? I don't know. I feel like – It's hard, huh? Uh, I mean, I loved the country album. Like, I loved early Taylor yeah. Swift. Um, I did too. But I also – I feel like I was really going through it um, – the one right before Folklore. Um, okay, reputation. Oh, Lover, Lover. Wait. She re- she released two albums. Okay, so Folklore is the one. The one Purple Pink Skies. The one um, String. Oh, Purple Pink Skies. Lover. Yeah. That, I just, you know, I would just listen to that album and just freaking cry. It's definitely Folklore. Folklore is the one that I feel like okay. spoke. It, it was so angsty and so um, emotional. And it just hit me at a time where I just like would listen to that album I have this like visceral memory of driving the U-Haul <laughs> to Woodstock to our house and listening to folklore and just like weeping for two hours. <laughs> like, just oh my god! Driving that U-Haul, the sun was setting. I was just listening to folklore <laughs> and just like in my feelings. Um, but she gives it's us so permission good. to be in our feelings, and I just love I her know, so much. I for know. That. <laughs> And Midnight, her new album, oh, it's, it's the only so thing I good. listened to lately. It's Ever so since good. it came out, I don't really listen to anything else. It's so good. I mean, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. <laughs> it's me. I feel uh, like I say that yep. like three times a day. Just about – like it's – once again, she just like captures it so perfectly. The Antihero is <laughs> a song I've needed the past like five years, I swear. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Maroon's my favorite on the album. And I think my favorite album though still, regardless, is Reputation because of the angstiness. The Oh, yeah. Something about it. But anyway, I have a couple more rapid fires for you. I love this. Yes, I yes. never get to talk about Taylor Swift We digress. We digress. We digress. Yeah. It makes me so That's excited so to meet another Swift. I love okay, it. Okay, so coffee or tea? Coffee. Mm, yes. Same. With Chobani creamer. Oh, Chobani creamer. Best creamer out there. The one I have no, I have Califia. Chobani's good too, though. Yeah. Favorite form of body movement. Mm, favorite form of body movement. Probably Peloton. <laughs> yeah. I I live for it. <laughs> I freaking true. love Peloton. Um, I don't and like endorphins. You know, I did yoga for like two years. I love yoga, but um, there's nothing like a good sweat. Like there's nothing like a really hard workout and the endorphins that come from it mm-hmm. after, mm-hmm. you know? I hear you. I hear you. Where's <laughs> yeah. your happy place? Hmm. My house actually yeah. like this this healing little vortex that I live in like it's my my husband and I are in this like very delicious chapter of life like before kids, before a dog. I have a bird now that's like my biggest responsibility <laughs> and it's just the two of us and we're 
living in the middle of nowhere in our house in this like cozy little love nest. So I think our home, which is wild because the home was never something I valued previously, but I'd say here. Yeah. What a time to cherish. I love that. And you have somebody, a partner to create these memories with. Yeah. I'm assuming you know your big three. What are your astrological big three? Ah, Aries, sun, and Aries rising, Gemini moon. Ooh, okay, cool. Um, And then animal you connect with most, if any? Mm, Probably birds. Yeah, owls I have like a a really freaky connection with. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just got a parakeet. And actually – so all of the women in my ancestral lineage, Italian women, my mother, my grandma's side, it's very Italian to have birds. Is it? Yes. It's very Italian. So I've grown up every woman in, Italian woman in my family, my grandma, her grandma, like everybody has birds. So I've, I've gotten this like intuitive hit in the last couple of months that I needed to get a bird as like my next step of connecting with my grandma. So, um, yeah. So that's why, that's why I recently just got a bird and I'm actually getting a second one and I'm just going to be like a crazy bird lady and I'm upset. Why not? Bird and cow lady. Yeah. Or not, I mean, bird and plant lady. Yeah, exactly. Wait, so what is your bird's name then? So Frankie, so we've named, so my, is that your dog's name? Yes. No way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. So <laughs> that's spooky. No. That's spooky. I'm, I'm getting really spooky. <laughs> um, yeah. So Frankie. So all of the birds. So my mom has always had birds, and she's always named her birds after male singers. So we've had Pavarotti, Bocelli. Um, so Frankie is short that. for Frank Sinatra. Yep. And then I have Benny, who's coming, who is short for Tony Bennett. I love that. Oh my gosh. So wait, your Frankie yes. is it short for anything? No, or is it well, Frankie? Why'd okay. you choose that name? So my family is a show that we watched together was Grace and Frankie. And my Oh, so good. So good. And my brother's uh dog's name is Gracie. And you know, I was like, maybe I should name him Frank. I love but that. Frankie's cuter. So he has Gracie and I have Frankie. Oh my god, yeah, that's, that's so why. cute. Um, who's your favorite <laughs> character in Grace and Frankie? Oh man, Frankie. Sometimes she can bother me too. Oh, Grace is so cool, though. I don't know. That's so hard. Oh, but I also like uh, Frankie's husband. It's been a minute since I've seen it. Yeah, but I like um, what's his name? Sol Soli. Is that his name? Yeah, Saul. Yeah, I like. I don't know. No, I know. I know the daughter. The daughter. The daughter. I, I daughter. That's my favorite. One hundred percent. Me too. Brie. Brie. The blonde yeah, one. Right. That's my favorite. Yeah. Yes. I love that. Yeah. I think they're both blonde, but the. The one that is pretty feisty. Yeah. She's my favorite. I always like the feisty one. Totally. We're fire signs. Fire signs. <laughs> She's – I love that actress so much. But Grace and Frankie, yeah. I think, is such a good show. Like such so – It's good. so good. It's so freaking good. And I'm so happy for those two women <laughs> to like – also just to see older women in TV that does really well, I think, is incredible. Like Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda. And continue to threat. They're just – yeah. you know, they're incredible. And they're incredible humans. Yeah. Okay, wait. What are <laughs> your other – I stand for. I'm curious what your other favorite TV shows are, if we both like Grace and Frankie. So many. Oh, my gosh. I have so many shows I love. So one that I just finished was season two of Ginny and Georgia, which – or is it Georgia and Ginny? Which I thought was Oh, really I haven't started that yet. Okay. It's really good. And then what else was there? Oh, man. 
Help me out. Help me out. What are other shows? I'm drawing a blank because I've watched so many. Yeah, I'm a big TV person too. So I, on repeat, will work through the entire series of In Order, Parks and Recreation, Same. The Office, Same. and New Girl. Same. So I'm currently – I've rewatched New Girl so many times, like from episode one to the final episode. And I love New Girl so much. I love oh my God. New Girl. Yep. And yeah, Parks and Rec is one of my favorite shows of all time. I think How I Met Your Mother as well. Do you like so How I Met Your Father? Yeah, I do. <laughs> oh my I God. It's like so it. good. It's so I'm so excited it got renewed. The new season is coming out. Yes. I'm Best. I think Hillary <laughs> Duff is so good. She's brilliant. She's amazing. I loved her in Younger as well. Yeah. She's so great. Another one we've grown up with. Another one we've grown up with. I'm like exactly. I'm like proud of her. Always support. I'm watching the show and I'm like, oh, Hillary, I'm so oh, proud of you. Yes. <laughs> Which is so weird. I'm so proud of her and I'm also proud. Have you seen Lindsay Lohan lately? I'm so proud how like oh my she God, looks yes. like she's so – you know, happy and content and radiant. Yeah, her and Christmas movie movies. was amazing. Have you not seen it yet? Was <laughs> it not? Oh, yet. oh it was, my gosh, not yet. It was like everything you wanted it to be for like a cheesy Christmas movie. <sighs> she looked incredible. She did a great job. And if you're a Shit's Creek watcher, her romantic yes. interest oh. is um, Alexis's. Uh, Ted, the the ex fiance. So it's All good. Right. It's really good. Okay. Oh my gosh. Yes. And Schitt's Creek is perhaps my favorite show. Oh my god. So good. Have you seen Outlander? That's another. show. I haven't I seen Outlander. Now that is, uh, it's it's pretty dark and deep. Okay. But if you have the emotional capacity for it, but it's also, I mean, so good. Okay. And I am in love with the main character, Jamie. Speaking of dark, did you watch Severance? No. Oh, yes, I did. Oh, my gosh. I loved Severance. I, 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 at first, I was like, I don't think I like this. Me too. And then it wrapped up and I was like, I love it. <laughs> I actually had to start it twice. I watched the first episode and I was like, this isn't for me. And then my husband yeah. was like, let's try it. And we got so hooked. We like couldn't go to sleep at night. We would just watch it. <laughs> and um, I think that's one of the best TV shows made of the year. I think The Gilded oh Age gosh, was yeah. incredible. I don't know if you watched. Haven't the seen that yet, but I I'm interested. I love that period. Kind of shows. Yeah, I'm period drama. Yeah, period pieces. That's what Outlander is. It's a period drama. Okay, I've got to check that out. I also love Ted Lasso. I was about to say Ted Lasso. You were, of course, you I, were. <laughs> but you're. I mean, you brought up Apple TV. That is the best on the series, and I've seen season one twice. Oh no, I've seen the yeah season one twice. Me too. Me too. Because I had to watch it before season two. It's so good. And then what else? Is I there? think. Oh, the morning show as well. I love that one. The morning shows. I think Apple TV is making the best TV. They are. Right now. Like, period. I thought for a bit it was HBO Max. No, it's Apple TV. Yeah. I think Apple TV loot, Maya Rudolph, is incredible. <gasps> I love um, loot that is one. Uh, especially if you like – Underrated. Oh I gosh, think that so did good. not get enough like p- yep. PR. Um, and yep. also um, – Physical. I mean, major eating disorder disclaimer. Um, it's it's triggering if if you have an eating disorder, but it is um yeah, it actually helped me like work through some uh coming to terms with an eating disorder. Um that wow. because it is it I mean, that is some good TV. And Rose, whatever her name is, like it's the performance of a lifetime. She's incredible. Rose Byrne, is that her yeah, name? Yeah, Rose Byrne. Rose was Byrne. she in Mean Girls? Um, no, she was in Bridesmaids. I mean, that's it. Bridesmaids, which by the way, I just yeah. interviewed mm-hmm. the costume designer for Bridesmaids. And you did a bunch of other shows. She, yeah, 
that she gave me so many behind the scenes things when I fangirled over the fact that yeah it was so cool. do you know that Surprisingly I, is my favorite movie of all time me oh my god me too I literally <laughs> my, my bachelorette my bachelorette party was themed bridesmaids are you I literally told my best literally. friend, if I have a bachelorette party, it has to be bridesmaids theme. This is too weird. Literally. This is too weird. This is amazing. This is amazing. We've literally never met before. I know. Like, this is so funny. This is our first Shout time Shout out to connecting. Chloe at Red Circle. Yeah. Yeah. Shout knew. out to Chloe at Red Circle who knew that. Yeah, she knew. But yes, so my bachelorette party, I was like, we did not do this, but I was joking with my sister who was my maid of honor. I was like, I we will be like doing a word for word, like walk through, like reading of the entire movie. Like I will be assigning, cause you know, I'm a, I have a theater background. I'm like, I will be assigning everybody parts and we will be reading like the funniest parts of the funniest scenes in the show. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that. I also have an acting background. That, that was another weird thing. I mean, you really did it. You really went into Broadway and everything. I just like went to school for a bit and did some, you know, short films. Oh, that's so cool. But you really did it. Yeah. Yeah. Right after high school, I went into acting college. Where'd you go? <laughs> for a year. I went to New York Film Academy oh, in LA. Amazing. Okay. So I never dabbled in film, um, but I have so much respect for people who do film. That's so cool. I did too. Now, okay. I have to ask this one. It just mm-hmm. came to mind, but you said you're Italian. I love yes. Italian food. So I'm curious what your favorite Italian dish is. Um, If my mom is cooking, it's probably gnocchi. Yes. Yes. Pasta. Um, But what I make and is always hands down like the most eaten thing at a party is my mom's bruschetta recipe. And she makes the – and it's just tomatoes. It's tomatoes, balsamic vinegar, oil, basil, salt. Like it's so simple but it's so delicious. so yes. And if you're Italian, are you Italian? No, I, I don't think I even have any in me. Oh. <laughs> okay, got it. Um, but it's funny, like I'm so spoiled that my mom was an incredible cook and my grandma that like we rarely eat out at Italian restaurants because it's like we just have it at home so much. It's 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 really interesting. <laughs> but yeah, the bruschetta is so oh, good. I love bruschetta. If you could gift everyone you know a book, excluding your own, what would it be? <gasps> I love this question. <laughs> I just gifted my all of the so I have a gorgeous team of female contractors. Um and I just gifted them all from for Christmas this incredible book called Unbound by Kasia Urbanacek. Have you read it yet? Everyone in my life, I mean, I send this book to everyone in my life. Um it is an unbelievable book and call to action about female empowerment. <gasps> okay. And um female power. So it's called Unbound: A Woman's Guide to Power. And it talks about how like systemically we've been kind of separated from our power and how we take it back. And I literally I've read it 3 times now and I will I have it on audiobook. I'll finish the book and then just like start it over again. And I listen to it like a podcast. Like it's 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 been transformative. So I would definitely say Unbound, but then I would also like a a strong second would be Danielle Laporte's new book How to yes. Be Loving. I thought that was a pretty amazing book. I have to second that one. I have to second that one. So yeah. good. And this is the last yeah. question. I ask all the Euro magic guests. Yes. How would you advise the Euro Magic listeners to create their own magic? Mm. Slow down and try and 
tune yourself a little bit more to the seasons. Mm. We're just so disconnected. We're just so disconnected from from nature, or so many of us are, and there are so many simple ways that you can just process nature a little bit more, whether it's getting outside every morning, whether it's grounding, putting your bare feet on the earth, um, whether it's keeping house plants so you can cultivate plants indoors, but slowing down and trying to find more natural rhythms in your life, uh, the more you do it, the more you'll realize how much of a lack there is in society. And I think, you know, my, my initial idea is like, care for plants, right? Because like that's my what I do and talk about, <laughs> but like higher level is like we just need to energetically like tune ourselves to nature's frequency more often mm-hmm. because I think that would solve so many freaking issues <laughs> with the world and global community, you know? Just so beautiful. I'm whole, I have my heart or my hands over my heart. And I mean, the power of grounding, mm. just stepping outside with your bare feet, yeah. touching the ground can change your day. Oh my gosh. And if you couple the grounding with like some positive affirmations beautiful. or your meditation, like in the warm months, I'll just go meditate mm-hmm. outside, like with my feet on the ground in the morning or say my affirmations like it's it's free it's yeah. so simple yeah. and it's free it's free you don't need anything you don't need <laughs> exactly. any you don't gotta buy any cuckoo products like it's free just go put your feet on the earth you know it's simple that's what it should be just that simple and yeah nature's healing nature's healing period period yeah. Okay, Maria, this has been such a fun and enlightening conversation. And I want to be a plant mama like you. And I'm so glad that you're going to help me with sending me that episode, how I can travel with my plant. But I'm also just so grateful to get to know you as a person. We are, there's so many parallels except for our heritage. Yeah. <laughs> there's so many parallels there. And I just feel so connected with you. So this was you know, not that I had bad expectations, but this was beyond whatever I might have expected. No, so this was so yeah. much for coming on. This was a blind date. I mean, for your listeners, that <laughs> this was a full blind date. Like our friend at our podcast host, like set us up Chloe. basically. And this was fully blind, was. fully blind. Shout out to Chloe. Thank you, Chloe. Everything you said, Raquel, me too. I'm like blown away by our uh, similarities. And I hope this is like the first, this is, this is a, uh, this is the beginning beginning of a friendship that we've captured in audio form, which is, I, know. I don't know this has ever happened before. <laughs> I'm blushing, but this is it. This is, the, yeah. yes. So totally. everybody, you just witness a new friendship form. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Maria. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yomis, it is time for the outro. Thank you so much for tuning into the Your Own Magic Podcast for the creative and the curious soul. And don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already to be notified when a new episode is alive. And if you have a spare moment and you feel the nudge to, it would mean the world if you left a five-star rating and review. And I'm looking forward to reading whatever your heart has to say. And feel free to say hi as well and connect with the community by visiting the Your Own Magic Facebook group linked in the show notes. And if you have any future topic ideas or a question that comes to heart you'd like me to cover, then I'd love, love, love to hear from you in our topic box on the Your Own Magic website at Your Own Magic Podcast. 
www.guidedmeditationpodcast.com. And there you'll also find a membership portal leading to guided meditations by me and some journaling prompts, some spiritual or creative tools, and more. And of course, feel free to stop by the new online shop for artisan jewels, trinkets, and more at eyesofaspen.com. And with that said, have a magical rest of your day. Send in my love, Jen Mott.